The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! I don't give a shit about your emotions. <laughs> not why they're here. You are not unlike every other person walking <laughs> Earth. It's almost like we dated. I know, right? Oh, yikes. Just don't care about your emotions. <laughs> Call in if you've dated Bobby. I guess. Uh, <laughs> leave a voicemail. By the way... <laughs> leave a subpoena. <laughs> <laughs> Protective order, subpoena. Yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever you feel like needs serving. <laughs> oh, God. You act as though I've never dated before. What did you, what did you say? But if you're going to come over, you might need to take a shower. And <laughs> if you take a shower, there's Dawn in the shower, Dawn dishwasher, <laughs> dish soap, and if you'd like to take a bath, there's Tide Pods. There's Tide Pods. If for the bath only. I call it a bath bomb. Bath bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I call it the cooter shooter. Also, I have one towel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's standing in the corner I have, awaiting your attention. <laughs> I have never been so single. As I am right now. I'm so single. Uh, so you mean there's yeah. Star Wars posters on the wall and you work on a computer for a living. We have to come up with some sort of uh, <laughs> compromise when it comes to coffee because I have one coffee mug. Oh. And uh, and you're if, not sharing mine. No. no. And, I mean, I'll share, but if you don't like, you know, coconut oil, a little heavy cream. Just saying. You're done. That's a wrap. You're not going to like my coffee. And that mostly goes on the skin, Clarice. If you have a leftover Starbucks cup. <laughs> I know you do. You're going to be fine. I know you got some janky Nalgene on the back of your single speed. <laughs> no, I am so embarrassingly single right now. <laughs> It's fucking insane. <laughs> I love it. I Any love of you ladies you. that have been to my house hey. in the last few weeks, you know, they know, they know. They're the, like, God damn. The like, baker's dozen of you the, the, <laughs> that have been to Bobby's house in the last few weeks. I've met a few visitors. I, hey, it's fine. Dude. Um, but all? I have all the movies. I have all the music. You do? I have, all the, I have a comfy couch. Dude. No. You're like Durango's Meow Wolf. All in all. <laughs> It's a pretty Without good setup. The cool shit. <laughs> oh my god, dude! One thing I I tolerate your shit. Sure. The one thing I don't tolerate is Twitter. Well, I don't participate okay. in Twitter. I know you do. I do a little bit. Famously, I do not participate in social media. However, those around me that I love and I care for, Rex, Bobby, Sean. All of you, be, uh, Lil A, Lil Stanky Hanky, Blakey, Blakey Poo, 
Um, all you guys participate because you have to. You're involved, and I totally appreciate that. I uh, a little bird told me there's a gentleman named um, uh, Milan Husk, <laughs> Elon Busk, um, Elon Musk bought Twitter, forty four billion dollars. So I don't think that's actually gone through yet. There I, actually is a big rumor that that's not happening, but. That's okay. kind of almost immaterial to this conversation. The conversation is. is conceptually about what happens when someone like an Elon Musk takes over arguably the second biggest social platform on the planet. Uh, yeah, arguably the second and to, in, to some extent the first. And to what degree does he want to change it and shift things up? Well, and why he's doing it. What are your motivations? That's why this is why this discussion is interesting to start off the show. It is. Um, he said in a statement after purchasing, quote unquote, purchasing it, like you said, the deal's not gone through. Has not gone through. But it would appear by his standards it had. And if it goes backwards and he doesn't own it, then this whole press release he put out seems very foolish. Um, He said he wants to authenticate humans, which when you deal with Twitter, there's the blue check, which is Twitter authenticated. It's kind of uh, the goal you uh, try to achieve, which means that you're big shit on Twitter. And I have a thought on that. Okay. Carry on. But, But that's one thing he said, he said he was trying to eliminate bots. Yes. Right. Um, he also said that Twitter will no longer try to, uh, Twitter will no longer accept, will be going for revenue for ads, which may lead to a subscription based, um, you know, sort of business model. Um, all of those things for people. Mistake. Agreed. Uh, Twitter works because it's Twitter. Uh, nobody's like, and I will say Rex is all Twitterati, man. Yeah. Right. She is all Twitterati. And she immediately, as soon as that press release was gone and it was kind of a consensus that it was being sold, uh, she noticed a lot of people that she knew she followed um, leaving Twitter. Right. I don't know if I don't know what the the, the numbers are. Right. Have you seen them? No. Like the people um, that have left? I mean, I've heard like sort of anecdotal people are like, oh, my God, I lost 9000 followers this week. Right. That kind right, of right, thing. Right, right. You know, what which I mean? is a di- direct result. Right. So sure. do, even so though it actually nothing has happened, nothing's truly happened, but it's speculative like all yes. markets. Yes. Right. It's speculation. So if people think it's going in direction, this raises a lot of interesting questions from a social standpoint, from a political standpoint, from a financial standpoint. Forty four billion dollars to Elon Musk is not that much money, which sounds silly to say out loud, but it isn't. Um, this is not, it, it's a huge investment for him, but it's not like he's sinking his entire worth into no. this thing. No, sir. So what do you think are his motivations behind this? And what are your thoughts on it in general? Cause you're much more in this well, universe. Than I don't, I, am. I can't speak to his like inner dialogue. What would you port? What would you portend? This it shit seems like he was very frustrated with the fact that Twitter as a platform 
has made clear delineation as far as what is acceptable content and what isn't. And they would most famously take people like Donald Trump off of Twitter Mm -hmm. because they are harming the overall dialogue. You know what I mean? Sure. They're being harmful and threatening and, and creating disruption to this overall dialogue that we have going on on social media. Um, now, I have <laughs> I have thoughts on this. I actually don't disagree with him necessarily. Okay. In what regard? I don't want people taken off of these platforms. Now, I 100% support a company's right to take whomever they want off of their platform if they find them to be disruptive and causing overall harm to the overall dialogue that we're dealing with. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I actually think that it's more destructive to take people off. I think it's I think there's a national and overall human benefit to letting people say their piece and knowing who the fuck they are. I want people in the crowded room that is our worldwide web to be easily identifiable as who they fucking are. So I think I- there's a benefit to knowing who they are. So so in much the same vein of I want people, I want white supremacists to be able to speak so we know who they are and to call them out. 100%. Okay. I think that is valuable. Okay. Okay. That's valuable. So the argument, the counterbalance to that is people that are like, well, I have, we allow 13 year olds on these platforms, right? Mm -hmm. Anywhere. And obviously influenced easily when it comes to their age and where they're at from a mental standpoint and where they're at from like learning their process, Mm -hmm. they're going to be easily influenced. But my argument is like, well, we've, we've talked about this a million times. Sunshine is the greatest disinfectant. I would rather know who the fuck are the, sorry, I'm going to restate that who the fucks are in the room. So I don't have to have a conversation with you. Right. I understand that. Unless I feel like I want to have a conversation with you, which is probably going nowhere. But no, not probably. But don't I want to know who the fuck they are? Right. We wouldn't know how fucking crazy Marjorie Taylor Greene was, is, and shall is. continue to be without platforms like Twitter. We wouldn't know who she is. Right. Now we have identified her. And we are addressing her. <laughs> I mean, the Republican Party is trying to address her because yeah. they don't know what to do with that. I mean, Bobert Barbie <clears throat> is very, very prominent on Twitter. Right. Donald Trump used to be very prominent on Twitter. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with having their thoughts available to us. I want to know where these fucking people are coming from. Right. Because right. it's that much easier to vote against your ass. Right. That's I, I, my position. I get it. <clears throat> I get it. Um, I mean, taking one step back, we're talking about Elon Musk as, as if he is some right-wing standard bearer. And early on, 
He wasn't. He's he's kind of indicative of a lot of people that have floated right as they've gotten more successful. Sure. A la Bill Maher, a la Joe Rogan. These were like kind of bastions of free speech that have floated and gotten a little bit. And I get it. It's the frustration of dealing with the extreme left, which are in, in they're intolerable. They're insufferable people. Sure. And we've talked about that too, right? 100%. The, the only thing that's going to kill the left is the left. It's not going to be the right because they don't have any basis by which to make an argument. They make culture war issues, but they don't make policy issues. They don't make policy disagreements that make any sense. They're strictly going for the grift. They're going to get people mad to get elected without really imparting any substantive arguments about policy, about change. They're just going to say there's immigrants at the border. Uh, Russia has the right to attack. They're going to say, you know what I'm saying? Vaccines are, it's a, it's a constitutional right not to get a vaccine. They're going to do everything they can to divide and that gets them reelected. That's what they do. The, the weird thing about Elon Musk taking it is when, when it was announced that he was buying, um, you had guys like Steve Bannon, you had guys like, uh, Donald Trump, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson cheering. Of course. Through the rafters. Of course. And when I see the conglomerate of grift, the conglomerate, the fucking axis of evil getting excited about something, it makes me pause. Yeah. Uh, because it usually is because it lines their own pockets and benefits their own agenda, right? At the end of the day, Twitter's TOS being a business is Twitter's TOS. That's the end of it. And it's funny because most of the right wing complain about it, yet they're for small businesses, state rights, business rights, except when it eliminates it. The big question becomes, why are they getting kicked off? And most of it's for disinformation of, yep. of those ilk. Other people say, you know, bad comments. Um, they they imply racial connotations that gets them kicked off. Which so so what they've done is they created a space where they feel they can't do that. Um, and and you do have terms of a, terms of service agreements you sign to be involved in that business. Mm-hmm. They decide you can't anymore. There's really nothing to bitch and moan about in that regard. It's not a First Amendment issue because this isn't no, free speech. Not at all. You're part of a collective. So uh, there's... Well, you're there's a, ostensibly, you're a customer. You're a customer of a business. Of and a private you, corporation. Exactly. And if you don't want to follow the policies of that business, even as far as wearing masks, remember, that was a policy of a business. It wasn't a law. But you're on private ground in a private business doing business with that business. And if you don't follow their rules, they choose not to do business with you. That Whether that's fair yeah. or unfair, there's no such thing as fair as, as an adult. Okay. No, like, it's just the way it fucking is. That's the way this is. And the response to that was, why don't you make your own platform? And they did. It's called Truth Social. It's going great. And it's going great. Um, it's basically bankrupt already. A hundred percent. I don't think Trump's joined it yet officially. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a silly thing. And, and he'll be back on Twitter soon if well, this goes through. And that was my next and question. Do you think... By virtue of him taking over, you see the zeal 
that Bannon and all these guys have, do you think it's because he's going to reinstate the accounts of all these people that have been banned? I can say that I think that's why there's been so much pushback against Elon Musk is their fear. And I'm going to be really honest. When it comes to the left wing of this party, they are very much driven by fear. And they're scared to death that Donald Trump is going to have a voice again because they've been so comfortable for the last couple of years because it's like that guy doesn't have a voice because Twitter kind of took his voice away because he's so inept at being a human being that the only way he can actually deliver a message is through 240 characters on fucking Twitter. Right. So now we give him back his voice and they're like, what if he gets reelected? Oh my God. What if he gets reelected? Right. My thought process is super different than that. Like I, I kind of come from it from our perspective. We're the whiskey reel, right? We reach out to tens of people every week. At least dozens. At least dozens. Right. And, what if Twitter just decided we're not allowed to fucking speak our truth, right? We would be very frustrated. We'd be a little upset. We would carry on, but we would be a little upset. So if Elon Musk buys Twitter, comes in, and reinstates all these accounts that have been canceled over the last couple of years, ultimately, what does it fucking mean? It just means that you're going to see Donald Trump. That's it. You still have the And you don't need same... to follow him. You don't no. need to. I, okay, I understand where you're coming and from. And you don't have to like deal with anything you don't want to deal with. I, I, I think as far as Jack Dorsey Twitter, old Twitter is concerned, they have a TOS. And obviously it's, it's every business's right to lean whatever political way they want to. It's your right as a business. You can put up a sign, vote for Johnson, in your window, knowing full well that if these people don't like Johnson, they're not going to come and give you money. And some businesses choose to participate in that. Some businesses don't. I've always remained neutral as a business person. 100%. I don't want to alienate anybody f- giving me money. However, in that regard, they're looking at the political influence of certain people going, if these people, if Donald Trump tweeted out, uh, all gays are pedophiles. And he's got 16 million followers. You have to look at the net good or the net bad that that reaps. And I think you have to sleep at night knowing regardless of your revenue stream as a business, am I doing what I can to from a morality standpoint? And I think we're getting to the point now where we're, we're asking those questions. There's a reason why MTG got kicked off Twitter. There's a reason why a lot of people have gotten kicked off. And granted, there has been some very, maybe Twitter is probably the least amount of of banning. Twitch is famously for that. Oh, yeah. Um, They kick off people. They won't give you a reason. Twitter will tell you why you're kicked off and not perma ban you right away. They'll give you a seven week, a Mm -hmm. one month. They'll make, then they'll tell you exactly what you said so that you can make changes in the yeah. way that you approach it. That's why a lot of people, instead of saying suicide, they say you Roblox yourself or video game yourself. Yep. That's why a lot of people in saying vaccine, they went jab because the the algorithm, the algorithm pick didn't pick up. up. Yeah. So people find these little cute ways of kind of skirting mm-hmm. getting banned. And people that's what we do, right? For every law, there's a criminal that's 
going to fucking be able to figure out how to break it. And that's what we do as humans, even on Twitter. I I don't think it's as dire. I don't either. In fact, I think I think the more these people are allowed to speak their quote unquote truth, the less votes they're going to get. I think their exposure to the sunlight makes them weaker and it makes them seem way more ridiculous and it exposes people to whatever grift that they have going on. You have to see the grift. I'd rather see it. You would. I'm just saying, and I'm not trying to be moral protector of dumb people. Joe Biden won the election by a margin for a reason. Because we were exposed to Donald Trump for four years. Yeah. We were exposed to Lauren Boebert and MTG for two years. We were exposed to these people and we saw like, whoa, what's going on right now is a little fucking sketchy and scary. So I don't want those voices silenced. No, I've spoken out against Twitter because... Uh, well, I've spoken for Twitter in some certain circumstances because it's like they have a right to say, no, this is our platform. Ultimately, yeah. I pay for these fucking servers. 100%. I pay for the bandwidth. I pay for this platform. I created it. And if I don't want you on my platform, go fuck yourself. Right. And I 100% agree with that platform. I'm just saying that if Elon Musk buys the platform and decides he's going to change that TOS and say, no, we want all voices to be heard. Right. I'm okay with that too, man. I am too, because just like every great capitalist, the market will decide what yes, what, what the ultimate decision is. And if Twitter was doing something bad banning these people, they would have fucking had everybody leave the platform and they didn't. Going forward, if they allow everybody on, they're going to take the subsequent hit of what that means by, by virtue of subscribers and 100%. users. So we'll see. In that regard, yeah, we'll I see. I don't know if I don't know if Elon Musk. I don't know what kind of flim flam we were talking earlier. That guy hasn't had a single successful idea for himself. He bought Tesla. He, yep. you know, has dirty blood emeralds. That's how he got the money he got. All of his ideas for underground highways and spaceships. None of them have. Have have led to any sort of fucking boon of anything. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying the guy's a a moron. He's this, but I think people give that guy so much undue credit, and his response to a lot of the things that have transpired, virtue of Ukraine, virtue of Twitter, has been naive at best. He feels like a used car salesman to me. I also just don't want this conversation to turn into a referendum on Elon Musk. But it will if he's the sole decider, which is what a business is. I know. Will he have a board? I don't know. But is is the ultimate goal of his reach to be that... Everyone can have a voice. Well, you should hit up Grimes. Now, I mean, obviously. You got Grimes on your phone, right? I got Grimes. Yeah, I know. You should hit her up. Ask him what Elon's up to, man. No, I feel you. I just. (laughs) I want people to be able to speak because that's what our country's about. I support Twitter for shutting them down. I support Twitter if they decide to let them talk. I, and then let's see where the cards fall. I want. Exactly. That's exactly what I want. Every time 
Marjorie Taylor Greene goes on television and opens her big moron, stupid neck, Easter Island filthy <laughs> neck, she fucking loses votes every time. You think so? Yes. See, hundred percent. That was the. She's got the same twenty six percent of the fucking population of this country behind her. She had fucking two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what she has. So let her keep fucking talking, man. She's running against a guy named Marcus Flowers. That is a, you know, fucking. <laughs> this guy's amazing. He's a fucking retired veteran, black cowboy. I don't and know what else you need. He's very smart. He's very driven. I know nothing about he's his actually, platform. He's actually outperforming her when it comes to fundraising by a mile. That's right a now. huge part of you it. You know what I mean? Things we need her to keep fucking talking. I get what you're saying. Be stupid. I get what out you're loud. There are, in public. I I don't think she is as a big as a, a big of a magnet for negativity as somebody like Trump. Trump can Trump's treat different. Trump's a he wants cult leader. I, this is what I'm saying. He's a cult leader. And I will say, despite kicking him off Twitter, it doesn't seem like that fervor has stopped. Do you want to know who his followers are? I do. I want to know. You already know who they are. I want to know who the cult you followers know who they are. are. We but, know the. Tr- we know who's fucking running the but, new Scientology. But just of politic. like uh, you're uh, agreed, and just like, and just to go to your point, just like they say, don't kill a, a leader of a cause because it, they'll create a martyr. Yeah. By taking Trump off Twitter, they've martyred him for quote unquote free speech. Which, by the way has nothing to do with free speech. They keep doing this free speech thing, but just because you can't scream inside of a market does, doesn't mean you can't scream outside of the market. Sure, 100%. You can do all you want. The problem is it's the biggest market, and you fucked up by fucking up TOS. That's nobody's fault but yours. Yes. You could still scream even louder outside of the market. Yeah. You've tried to build Truth Social. You try to go on fucking, uh, uh, what's that shit called? Um, you've tried to go to like Bannon's podcast. You try to go on, well, Fox, you've already disowned Fox. You try to go on Newsmax. You try to go on all these. UAN. Huge. OAN. OAN. O-A-N. Yeah. O-A-N. Sorry. Yeah. You try to go on these weird um, adjunct little right wing things that are super right leaning. You get no viewers. No. You're, and you're hating it. You're a sad, no. sad panda. You're a sad orange panda, which yeah. I believe they call red. What do they call them? Red foxes or something like that? Well, they're red pandas. Red pandas. But is also there... kind of the most adorable creatures on the planet. Except, okay. I'm just talking about actual red pandas. <laughs> you, actual red pandas. Are you foaming for Trump right now? They are fucking delightful. <laughs> uh, no, I hate Donald Trump. I, know, I, mean, I, I hope he... I well, wish he had the common decency to kill himself. Just pass. But like, yeah, just, just die. Just or just die. pass. Or just yeah, just fucking throw a stroke and fucking Do like, you think be Mel- done with it. Melania would Ooh, pillow that, to the that's, face. That is the kind of speech... That Melania. would get us kicked off of so many <laughs> platforms. No, I'm saying if... I am openly hoping Donald Trump dies. If uh, I know. I don't want to kill him. Yeah. No, of course not. I'm but not going to poison him. You're wishing death upon somebody. I'm not going to hold him like, down and inject chlorine between his toes like so if no I one say, will find it. I'm if, not going to do that. If I say, I hope Vladimir Putin meets an untimely, horrible death, is that a bad thing to say? Uh, how do you vote? 
um, with sovereign nations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Um, uh, hi, guys. Yeah, that was 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. We already <laughs> said we're going to dig in. You all were like like foaming over Elon Musk on Twitter. Um, and we all have the same questions and we don't have the answers, which is why we talk all the time, which is why we're awesome. And you're awesome for listening to the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. This is the whiskey reel. We are many, 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 many miles above the Earth's surface. We are in Cloud City at Mountainside Entertainment Studios, killing the game. It is beautiful. It is a blustery spring day here in old Durangi. We live in a pocket. We live in a bubble, and we know it. We not, we don't even care anymore. We understand. We're bubble boys. That's what we do. Yeah, we do. Um, the rest of the Earth is burning. We have glory in trees, and we have our sponsor of the program, which is Wagon Wheel Liquor, literally living beneath us. They shoot us alcohol through a tube. It comes up through the ground and through the clouds, and it gets to us. It deposits like a bank like tube it's through alpine bank yeah yeah it's right through alpine <laughs> it comes um, right through just comes right through to us um and we'll talk about what we got this week however let's introduce ourselves shall we sitting across from me is the nightmare or the man of your dreams depending on what you do right <laughs> if you got hairy pits but a shavy kit this could be your guy this is the baba duke this is the man of your dreams. Uh, you all know him as Van Noyes or just Babby. You can just call him Babby. Uh, I one time tried to call him Bob and he said, that's not my name. Nope. And I went, that's fair. Uh, this is one of my best friends on the planet and my partner in this exceptional journey called the Whiskey Reel. This is Bobby Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Jesus Christ. That was a ton of verbiage you i like love that? it i love it um across from me my hammer of destruction <clears throat> he is the new general manager of the twitterverse yeah elon musk's right hand man <laughs> yeah. tony montanus bringing a new style <laughs> to the twitterverse i love it um he is of the madagascar Ooh. Branderis's. I like it. Yeah. He is Antonio. So I'm sorry. Sir. Thank you. Antonio Branderis. He was knighted in 1997. Put some spec on my name, dude. Little spec, but little spec on little my spec. name. Love uh, I'm glad you're here joining us. We always love hanging out with each other. Um, we always start our uh, days over at El Moro, grabbing around. Seriously, we don't get like Liddy. We just have a drink and we just write stuff down and get ready for y'all. We already know what we kind of want to do. We are motherfucking professionals. So if you think it takes a long time, it doesn't. We're just really good at this. They were amazing. That's just all I got to say about that. I did tiptoe down to our sponsor, the wagoniest of wheels, the wheeliest of wagons. It's wagon wheel liquor. It's right across from the Walgreens or the Rite Aid, or whatever iteration of a drugstore they have there. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that. It's in the town center plaza, right there on Camino. You know where it is. It's kind of convenient. Like, if you live in town, there's not a lot of, like, liquor stores to dip to. There's two that I go. Yep. There's 6th Street, 
and they're lovely people on that side of the grid. And then on this side, if you go down fucking 11th, you pass by all the hullabaloo wagon wheels right there. It's easy. Or you could just park on the street and walk there. There's so many different ways to get there. The, the staff is amazing. We always have a good time. We always have new booze because uh, they do it right over there. And uh, this week, it was my turn to pick up a liquid of choice. And uh, Bobby had mentioned he got excited when he saw this the other week. So I was like, oh, I want to give little Bobby some he likes. No. Um, this is, we're back to Irish. We're in Ireland. Um, this is called Glendaloch. 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 Basically, it's Glenda. Yeah. L-O-U-G-H. But it's Glendaloch. Glendaloch. Um, this is a double barrel Irish whiskey. On it, okay. That gets weird, right? Irish whiskey, double barrel. What are you talking about? The Irish are dirtbags. They just throw it in a barrel, then you drink it. They probably force feed it into each other's faces. And that's a true thing. We can say um, this because we're Irish. Because we're Oidish. <laughs> Oidish. That is, this is I'm aged. starting a new Irish whiskey called Tailpipe. Tailpipe? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Catalytic Converter. <laughs> um, I'm starting a new punk band <laughs> called Break Pads. Sorry. Uh, I this, fucked your flow. The original flow. barreling of this, it's three years, by the way, yep. gentlemen and, and gentlemen. What do they call them? No. Okay. Uh, age first in bourbon barrels for three years. All right. Legit, right? Then what these crazy mix do, they finish it in Oloroso sherub, sherry barrels, which is not like blowing your mind. A lot of people do that nowadays. I don't see any Irish whiskey producers first using American bourbon barrel, which is God forbid, right? Those fucking yanks and their shitty bourbon um aging it in barrel and bourbon barrels for three years and then finishing it which typically means around six months or so or four um in oloroso sherry which imports a lot of sugar um that irish whiskey to bourbon barrels to finish in oloroso sherry that's a lot going on man and this is out of where is it out of Wicklow. We all know Wicklow, Ireland. We've been there. Fucking show me something new. Have you ever seen The Commitments? <laughs> Hold me. Tease me. It's somewhere in the same country. It's basically. This is 84 proof, 42%. Um, Bobby, talk to me. Um, Has a... It doesn't taste like Irish whiskey or bourbon. This tastes like Glendaloch. 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 Um, it tastes like something kind of unique. It's got a yeah. it's got a profile. I almost expected it to be peaty for some reason. Because there Just has been a, a growing trend of like Irish whiskeys that add a little bit of peat to like it. Like the single malt yeah. Irish whiskeys. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I almost expected that. It didn't come. It came in a very um easily accessible package um it is super smooth on the nose it's not overly hot it doesn't taste like bourbon but it has these lovely little like 
adjunct kind of bourbon yeah, notes it's to kind it. of wispy notes to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't taste like bourbon. It tastes like whiskey. It, this this almost tastes like some weird offshoot American whiskey that would come out of fucking like I don't know Dubuque. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it comes out of Connecticut. Connecticut, right? This is Connecticut whiskey. No, no. <laughs> no, it tastes like Irish whiskey for sure, and. We've tried oftentimes on this podcast to define what Irish tastes like. We can't. But we, it, it, it escapes me to there's this day. There's no verbiage. There's no verbiage for what an Irish whiskey tastes no, like. There's no this, adjectives. This tastes like that, but it has extra body. It's got extra okay. filler. I got you. By, I would guess. So mid-palate. By virtue of the barreling, yeah, oh yeah, your mid palate is more complex and less neutral, and there's more to this, yeah, as a as a product than a normal Irish whiskey, a la a Bushmills, a <laughs> just saying Jameson. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh for a second. <laughs> You've not have Jameson orange, sir. Uh, Jameson is for twenty four year old girls. <laughs> I you should tell Dana that. Yeah, um, and they're pretty proud of themselves. No, I'm not going to tell Dana that. He's a lovely Dana guy. He's no, a lovely. It's man. his product, but that's his product. No, I know. Just I know. Saying. I just don't love it. I dude, look, we. It feels like you grow out of Irish whiskey. Alluding to the age, like when you're a young man, 20 to 30, and look, there's a ton of good Irish whiskey, Slain, Powers, there's a lot of good Irish whiskey out there. Would I call it refined or exceptional? No, but there's there's better ones than the guy, things that Bobby just said, Jameson and Bushmills. There's better whiskeys out there that are Irish. We've covered them here. Um, there's the dots, the, oh my God, all the dude, all, all of the them, dots, dude. the greens, the yellows, the blues, um, we're big fans. Um, that being said, Glendalough, um, <laughs> I just like saying it. Um, let's get this out of the way. Um, since we live in cloud city, we don't pay your peasant prices, but if you find this in a store, you're going to be spending about 40 bucks. That's. Not the end of the world, guys. Stop it. If you want to go get hammered, you can get hammered on some Kessler or some old granddad. Don't even fucking bother. For a good... This is a sipping Irish whiskey. Okay? You don't need to mix this. Bobby and I discovered we tried it neat in the beginning, and then we dropped an ice cube and waited a little bit, and man, the dilution on this helps so much. It felt tight. It felt... Like uh, there was a lot of um, it was very gangly and angular, and once we dropped an ice tension, yeah, and but it but it 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 allowed all the real flavors on the inside to express itself. Yes, Um, and that bourbon comes through the Oloroso less so from a sherry standpoint, but you can feel the nuttiness on the nose. You can feel that. You can feel like there's like a, there's some sort of like, <laughs> this is going to get so fucking partially sus. There's like, okay, nuts have fat. <laughs> <laughs> Whether do. it's a hazelnut, an almond, a walnut, nuts are fatty little things that you eat. 
Yeah. Some people eat more nuts than others. I had a handful of nuts today. Uh, <laughs> nuts are fatty things, but it's good fat. And I'll tell you what, on the nose, you can smell the nuttiness in the, gla- in the glass, or as we like to do, blue solo cups, because we're classy bitches. Um, but on the, yeah, on the palate, it's kind of indiscernible. Like, I don't know whether to call it whisk, or like Irish whiskey or bourbon. If it, it kind of floats back and forth um, because of the barreling. Um, the 84 proof, perfectly standard. I will say this feels refined. It feels artisanal. Somebody wanted to take this in a direction. They did. I think the fact that they they did it Irish style, barreled it bourbon, they're not so hung up on their Irish heritage, which I appreciate because that puts you in a lane and that lane sometimes isn't a wide lane. And this feels like it's a little bit more out of the box. Beautiful labeling. It's got cut cross labels that feels like somebody cut it with a pair of scissors. Um, (laughs) It's got St. fucking Kevin. Is there a St. Kevin? St. Kevin, the man in our bottle stood apart. The whiskey (laughs) does the same. It has sucked the marrow out of two casks. Wow. That is the opening salvo of the explanation. Is there a St. Kevin? Can you look up St. Kevin? I'm going to look that up. There can't be a St. Kevin. Apparently, there is. (laughs) There can't be. Kevin. And he's holding a pigeon. And he sucks the marrow out of... (laughs) (laughs) He sucks the marrows out of nuts. Um, Can we agree? Um, Yeah. Well, St. Kevin is an Irish saint. Oh, my God. He's the founder of the first abbot at Glendalough. Glendalough. In County Wickroch. Wickroch. <laughs> Ireland. Um, and on June 3rd is his feast day. <gasps> Should we celebrate? No. Should we get together on June By 3rd? By the way, <laughs> this is fucking amazing. <laughs> what? God, you guys are going to love this. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. You're savoring it. I got to take a minute. You're savoring. Um, Glenn. <laughs> Galah's favorite saint, Kate said, Saint Kevin. I'm, wow. I can't even finish this sentence. This is amazing. His height is listed what as three feet three inches. Shut up. He's a little person. Saint Kevin of Glendalough is three foot tall. Did they? He's not a hobbit. Okay. Well, a hobbit would fuck Saint Kevin up. Okay. He's a brownie from okay. Willow. He's a brownie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if they created? I mean, come that can't. Where did okay. they get these? Let's numbers? imagine if you made armor of Velcro, <laughs> and you created a dartboard made of the opposite Velcro, and you threw Saint Kevin. Through your local pub. Yeah. Do you think that would be indicative of the way to treat a saint? I. <laughs> I am so conflicted in okay. this conversation because okay. I want to be very, very respectful, deferential towards little people. I understand. Which, by the way, might actually be the worst 
way to describe yourself. I, I, I look, pe- little people, because we're not going to go down that road. God. Don't even call themselves that. I wouldn't. Think Do you know so. what I'm saying? They I mean, my guess talk. is they call themselves people. Yeah, because they're human beings. Right. And they're people. Yes, I've met some of them. I, I believe I've heard, and they're sometimes dicks. Yeah, and they're sometimes lovely people. Yeah, much like most of us. Jeez, that's weird. It's almost like they're people. They're almost just a lot shorter than us. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. And by the way, Glendalough. there's no way that that fucking <laughs> is accurate. No one is, is that on Wiki? Is that on Wiki? Yes. Okay, don't listen to Wiki. Saint Kevin okay. of Glendalough is three foot three inches. Saint Kevin of the Pygmy Islands. My son was born that tall. <laughs> did totally, dude. Um, His mom was four eleven. Yeah, that's just. She's saying. no longer with us. Just saying. Oh, she was split in half. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, that was don't, a joke. Never, of course, d- she's don't. You got to wait for the punchline, guys. I know. Um, I know. Good whiskey. Know. It's forty bucks no, a bottle. It's really good whiskey. Um, I'm gonna edit it out that entire. Last no, you're 10 not. Minutes. No, you're not. Um, it's super fun. If you're an Irish whiskey guy, you will get the nuances. If you're a bourbon guy, you'll appreciate yeah. the, you know, out of the boxness of what this takes you. So the subtleties, Glendalough. The subtleties from which we're, well, I mean, we're really good at subtlety. Yeah, we are. We're very good at nuance here in the whiskey room. Wow, um, we are at this moment. An hour. 45 minutes in. Perfect. And we just got done with whiskey. It so doesn't matter. Let's take a break. Yeah. Oh, we're going to break down? Oh, yeah. We're going to break it down. Okay. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk about super fun shit. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. We'll be right back. Okay. People like it. I think if you have like a password to Sonos, you can log into the main website and change music all over. We town. do it. We we have got one we called Rockbot. Yeah, which is what Elmora uses in Steamworks. Which is I can remotely go in and just fuck just your shit. Fuck up. with shit. Oh, yeah. lock it up. But the reason at our friends at the deli, second deli, friends of the podcast. By the way, Zach Williams. By the are we Big recording? Z. Uh, we, okay, I won't say anything. No, what are you going to say? <laughs> I don't. I'm going to say anything. Say it. No, because right. you're going to have to edit it anyway. Um, I'm not editing any of this. <laughs> any of this, so watch this, this podcast you, is going out. Watch as, what you as say, is, sir. As um, is. it's fun to be an admin on a music thing when you're dealing with a big business, and then you can just go in and put on fucking Rick Astley for an hour. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do about it. The biggest beef I ever had working for that company <laughs> was with Sean C. Okay. Who is the executive chef of the entire organization. Kind of like, I always, I, I, I always approach him like COO. Because that's kind of what he is. Yeah, he really is. He really is. Ultimately. Because he does everything. He does. He yeah. does. And by the way, 
He's awesome. He's I love Sean. Smart He's guy. He's such a great guy. Smart guy. Love him. I'm throwing that out there, Sean. He's a smart one. Um, he came in one day on a lunch shift, and I was uh, working with our good friend Lucas, who is also a friend of this podcast. <laughs> Luca Placia. And Lucas decided to put on a playlist that was predominantly the Smiths. <laughs> yes. Mostly Morrissey. Which, mostly the Smiths. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. And yeah. But I didn't do it. And so- <laughs> Sean got f- fucking furious because he was in the kitchen. That's because that he hates the Smiths. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes at El Moro, we would do these events called craft events yeah. where we would do pairing yep. dinners. Yep. And they were really fun. They're still fun. They're fun. If you ever have a chance to go yeah, yeah, do yeah. one, by all means, go do it. For sure. Fucking blast. No, they're well done. So Sean was in the kitchen all day and he finally lost his fucking mind <laughs> because we had played, I don't know, 4,000 Morrissey songs <laughs> in three hours. And that, I know the math doesn't add up. And it, unless you're a 15-year-old Latin girl. Dude, he comes out and he laces into me <laughs> because yeah. I'm behind the bar. Just tears me of course. to shreds. As well. And my only response was like, I didn't do it. <laughs> Your, <laughs> your upper management no, put this playlist on? No, and he freaked out. So they took away our ability behind the bar to change it. music. I and love it. And I was it. like, I was like, I love you, motherfucker. But like, <laughs> I didn't change the music. <laughs> Every day is like Sunday. Um, no, yeah. Rex makes fun of me. Every time the Smiths come on, oh. she's like, she's like, you're uh 16-year-old Latin LA girl is showing. I'm like, oh my God, I get all yeah, like in my feels and shit. I love it. Uh, that hey guys, said, uh, this is the Whiskey Reel. Reach yeah, out brother. Uh, you can reach us at 970-426-5344. Harry Pitts, Shavy Kits. <laughs> 970 426 5344. You've been planning that. Yeah. <laughs> I love yes. that. I love that. I set you up an hour Thanks, ago. Brother. Thanks, brother. Um, also, you can email us at reel at gmail.com. That is whiskey with an E, real with two E's. Yeah, man. And you will reach us at the Whiskey Reel, and we are guaranteed to respond to your feedback. It goes right We're, into our pocket. Um, also, uh, all social stuff where Whiskey Reel, uh, Facebook, you can send us a DM. We do have a people, a few people that reach out to us that way. Yeah, we do. I tend to always respond to our Facebook followers and listeners Hell yeah because they're actually the closest to us and have a tendency to reach out that way um we That's love what's up we love feedback and we love our listeners you guys are all fucking amazing all and eight of you are adore great adore you adore you adores 13 Ad- people we adores you adores adores um so i speaking of facebook Speaking of Facebook, um, I hit Facebook up as I tend to do on my private account, my Bobby Noise account, um, and don't try to friend me. I reach out to... <laughs> you got 8,000 friends. Shut I up. have a lot of friends you do. on Facebook. Um, it's not 8,000, but I do have a lot of friends on Facebook, and I try to get... A lot of those people are actually Whiskey Real followers. Hell yeah. So I reach out and I try to get content. I just make a innocuous post and I'm like, give me some content. And a lot of times I get some really, really good feedback. And I was watching some 
uh, Park Jan Wook uh, Korean films. Fuck yeah. And it hit me like it, I was literally watching the Vengeance trilogy, mm-hmm. which, if you guys don't know, is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. So good. The second film is Old Boy. Heard of it. The third film was originally called Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, but Americanized, it is now just Lady, Lady Vengeance. Vengeance. Yeah. Um, three fucking fantastic fucking films. So fun. Fantastic. So fun. And it occurred to me, like, what is, one, the definition of a vengeance film? What is a revenge right. movie? Right. And what makes a revenge movie a revenge movie? Right. And I learned a lot about that in this process. And also, what are your fucking go-tos? Because you and I grew up in Dirty Harry, um, <laughs> fucking Charles Bronson. The master. You know. The fucking Death Wish. Yeah. Um, the era. Death Wish films. Pale, maybe. Pale Rider, Clint Eastwood. Thank like, you. Like, Westerns take on a whole new breath of what that means. And it's funny when Bobby brought this up to me, because it was Bobby's like, idea that he started. And I'm like... Well, vengeance by definition and revenge are two different things. Okay. Right? Um, so are we including revenge? I, I consider ven- not by definition per se, but by version of cinema, vengeance and revenge are two sides of the same coin. Sure. Right? You can have vengeance for a wrong done. Or you can have revenge for something wrong done to you specifically. Those are two different things. However, kind of falls under the same auspices. So the easy go-tos we talked about, right? You go Death Wish, Pale Rider, fucking Hang 'em High style. You can go John Wick, modern. You can go, um, you know, it, 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 those, those, it seems to check the boxes. For whatever reason, people, not just men, but um, people in general, get a high satisfaction of justice being meted out. But if there's an unjust thing that happens, if that person then gets justice put upon them, we find a sense of satisfaction as Of course humans. we do. We just do. So my, and, and I could be 100% wrong about this, but my understanding of revenge is that when it is meted out, that action is described as vengeance. Okay. So when right. when I enact revenge, you that are, is you my are vengeance. Vengeance. Okay. In my mind, from a just from a I guess a definition standpoint, I think vengeance can in the totality of what vengeance could be is doing something as a response of an unjust action. Okay. Whereas revenge is something done specifically towards you. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Like yeah. if if Vladimir Putin, I don't know, he's never done this before. But if he invades a sovereign nation um and it's not my nation and I go there and I seek vengeance as somebody with not within the uh, purview of that. Okay. I would consider that vengeance. Okay. Whereas somebody that might live in a country. Now, granted, he's never done this before. But say he invades a country. I know. Just wrap your head around it. And somebody from that country goes 
to do something to him. I would sure. consider that revenge. Does that make sense? But, it does. But by your definition, it makes sense too. I think we're doing tomato tomato. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I honestly, who gives a shit? Like, well, because Russia will never invade a country. You know, yeah, that would never happen. That would never happen. And American politicians would never side with the fucking ever defunct Soviet Union ever in an effort to keep gaining, especially gain. especially the left would never never do ever. that. Um, I know we we just, but what? Okay, so let's go down the rabbit okay. hole. So let's let's revisit Ven- this revenge conversation. films. Um, the first person to respond was not shocking. It was Sean, friend of the podcast, Mr. Sean Moriarty. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny you say that because you had no idea. I had you no idea. Seen this post I just guess you don't do social media. Um, and his initial answer is not a bad answer, and although a little bit predictable. What? Kill Bill one and two. Great. Now those are fantastic. Films and those are, by definition... Revenge films. Those are revenge movies. Yes. And they're really good ones. Yes. Really good ones. Um, I don't disagree with him at all. Those right. were sort of on my list. They didn't make... I was doing like my own mental kind of Mount Rushmore or top five-ish kind of list. Um, but Sean bringing out Kill... But now, my response to him was, God, I wish... That was all put together in one thing. And he brought he that tried. up, too. He brought that up, too. The studio said that. No. And I, on on our server, which is entirely legitimate, <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a uh, sort of unofficial version of what they call the whole bloody affair, which is an approximation of, of what was supposed exactly. to be. Exactly. An, That's yeah, of what his initial vision of what the Kill Bill thing was, that cycle was supposed to be, um, where, you know, Beatrix goes on a fucking revenge spree right. and, it, and it covers different genres and it covers different scenarios. And I always found that interesting because he wanted to, like when he broke it down to two films, it became one, a Kung Fu movie which was a very Eastern-based, just revenge cycle. And then two, what has become the, the, the uh, not progenitor, Kung Fu's are the progenitor. What is the opposite of progenitor? Um, I don't know. Holy shit, I don't either. So Westerns <laughs> have a tendency. So Kung Fu and Samurai movies have always been sort of the progenitors to most of American and Italian Westerns. Right, so 100%. Where, or Kurosawa, like you know, Samurai. Like, yeah, like, where yeah. Yojimbo right. becomes Fistful of Dollars. Right, or 13 Assassins. Be- right? You know what I mean? Like, like those, the, the yeah, or Seven Samurais becomes Magnificent, magnificent Seven. seven. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what the opposite of progenitor is. But anyways, I felt smart. Progenitor? Progenitor. Yeah. Um, so I I, th- I think that's a really good pull by him. No, um, that, dude, dude, Kill Bill is... That makes sense. A modern classic. Fucking right. Vengeance cycle. Fucking for right. sure. So let me ask you. Okay. Let's pull it back. We all know what we're talking about. Give me... It doesn't have to be your top three, but give me the, the, the first three that strike you as being important to you or just important in general. Well, okay. So since I was watching Park Chan-wook, yep. 
I was literally watching Old Boy as this thought leapt in. That my was head. one of the first two that I thought of. Might be my favorite fuck vengeance film. And what a fuckaroo at the revenge end. Revenge movie of all time. With a fuckaroo. There's a super fuckaroo. If you haven't seen it, get your off your ass. I'm not and even don't watch spoil that Josh Brolin Spike Lee remake don't shit. Don't do that. Don't do watch that. the original Park don't Chan Wook fucking version with Odesu. Of to fuckaroo at the end. The whole thing makes sense into the last 15 minutes. You're and watching. Then your life ends. It has a, a weird parallel with Old Country for Old. Uh, uh, no Country no for Country? Old Men. Because you're watching a vengeance movie from one perspective. Right. And then there he's like, oh, by the way, that's not that's the movie not you're the watching. That's not the perspective. Right. You're watching this motherfucker's that's revenge. That's beautiful. And it was Gorgeous, man. It fucking shook me to my core. Fuck, yeah. That is one of the most disturbing endings <laughs> that so I've ever up, fucking man. seen in a movie, ever. But it's not like you can't watch it. It's not like some Cronenberg shit where you're going to walk out of the theater. It's like this. it fucks with you on such an emotional level because mm. you fall in love with a certain character in this movie. Right. Well, and fuck it, you fall in love with Odesu. He's dude. The, he's the he's the protagonist yeah. by by every measure. So there are so many beautiful elements of revenge and love and redemption. And you wanted and, him, yeah, to fuck every burn the world, dude. Burn the world, yeah. to the ground. And they built it up that way. And it's not wrong, right? It's still valid, right? But then you realize who's actually enacting vengeance, and he, I don't know, man. It, it's it's a heartbreaker too. It is a heartbreaker. It is so. Wh- what would a, be another one outside of old boy? Outside of old boy, um, if I go modern, um, <laughs> and for completely different reasons, uh, fucking John Wick is, I think, one of the modern. greatest revenge. And here's the thing about John Wick. It actually delves into like metaphor, like it's all metaphor. It's all metaphor. And, <laughs> Fuck. And, you, and there was a lot of people that dismissed John Wick initially because they're like, "Oh my God, he's getting revenge because of his puppy." And I'm like, "No, you no. moron! It's not about his puppy. He's ultimately he's getting revenge for the loss of his wife, for the love of his life, for fucking three movies. He, he's, That's all he's doing. The the." The, you going back to vengeance, everything from me. Going back to vengeance, it feels like all he needed was a puppy to revenge against God. Yeah, and he was mad at the world. He's mad at the, I finally got what I wanted, and yeah, the puppy was the the impetus to the revenge. Yeah, but that's all he needed was to revenge against God because Everything. you're so unfair and I finally fucking well, did this and paid my dues. That's interesting you say it that because... It was a beautiful fucking allegory for It's that. such a mythological creation, this world they create mm. in those films. It's world creation on a level that you don't often see. Now, there's the Marvel. And there was, fucking... but there was no source material. It was just no. like, let's just create a world... Raw dog, bro. Where we're fucking... All outlaws. We live on a different, and like, we live plane in a different world than you live in. Yeah, and you killed my dog. I'm going to shoot everyone you've ever met in the face. <laughs> Three hundred and ninety-seven. And I want you to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what then would be another one? There's one more I would include. Um, there's a film that no one has seen. 
but it is a modern day retelling that came out probably 12, 11, 12 years ago um, with Patty Considine. It's an Italian. Oh film. my God. It's called Dead you Man son Shoes. Of a bitch. You fucking dude. I was thinking of what that movie was called while we were sitting here. Dead no Man No bullshit. One of my favorite fucking. It is ridiculous. It's how good that movie is. It's ridiculous how good Patty Considine is. Well, he's ridden off, I think, the fervor of that. The guy's still doing fucking in this series. He is force of nature. God. He's in that fucking movie. Amazing. Like, when he literally packs dude's brother into a suitcase and fucking gives it to him. That's what's up. Holy fuck. So what you think? That, uh, yeah. That, uh, so, yeah. That's mostly, it's a really, really great movie. Um, there are some cliches that come out of that movie, but ultimately Patty Considine's fucking performance in that film carries it off as the ultimate Charles Bronson revenge performance. I think that of we've all seen time. in decades. Yeah, that that. At, and if you guys say the name of the movie, Dead Man's Shoes. Dead Man's Shoes. It's he, Patty is oitish, oitish. Not unlike this whiskey we're drinking. Um. You think it's one movie the entire time, and this and goes back to what we said about Old Boy. The um, Twisteroo. It's a fuckaroo, dude, at the end. But dude, my God. Get fucked up. That's what's in up. In that movie. Yeah. And you think, yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do with perspective um, from it's a storytelling. Oh. It's very grainy. That movie costs $300,000. It's raining yeah. all the time. That's what's up. And. It's such an incredible fucking performance for that guy. So what do you got? Um, I got a few. Okay. Um, I I wrote this down as we were talking. I want to take it from a different tack. Um, It's easy to have revenge against something like you killed my family. You you know, all at Clint Eastwood, right? Princess Bride. (laughs) My name is... By the way, that came up. I that came it, up. It's silly movie. because that's not the basis of a movie. It is, but whatever. But there's um, such a beautiful some, revenge thread in it. I thought of some other stuff like okay. what, what? Because some of the first things that popped into my head was Ichi, was yes, fucking Pale Rider was. And if you guys don't know Ichi the Killer, Takashi Miiki, um, that changed my life. From a moviegoer's perspective. And I don't know if it's necessarily revenge, but it feels like vengeance. And I'm going to get more esoteric. It's not like you killed my family. I'm killing you. Um, Like Ichi the Killer started a genre. I don't know any other way to say it. Um, This was a guy that decided to put himself in extreme physical and emotional pain to reach an end game. And it was an allegory for the pain that we feel that we reach through to get something, but it felt vengeful. It felt angry, which I think vengeance and revenge without anger, you take anger out of vengeance. And what is it? It's justice. It's angst. Angst perhaps. So is, but revenge, but revenge with action, but revenge is anger driven justice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or as you see it, not as the world sees it, as yeah. you see it. Or loss-driven. Loss-driven loss. anger, but loss leads to anger, leads yeah. to action. Gotcha. So I tried to appreciate it more like on, a, on that kind of note. I love Things it. that popped into my head was fatal attraction. Ooh. 
she's angered by men. And this is her vengeance. This is her revenge on men. Things popped into my head like dangerous liaisons. Oh, my God. That is a, a, a more obviously period piece, but it was revenge on men. It was understanding the power that you have and how you can hurt people. It was also universe-driven yeah, vengeance. 100%. 100%. You know what I mean? Um, he he was so driven by his lust and his yes, uh, and 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 Valmont comprom- compromising yeah. women. Jean Va- yeah, yeah. Valmont compromised women so much that they took their re- inevitable revenge, and he folded subsequently. And then, and then, yeah, yeah. Other things that popped into my head too. Oddly enough, I always looked at Kobayashi as the protagonist. In usual suspects. Ooh. It feels like he was looked down upon. And I know ultimately he was the mastermind, but that acting like a cripple, that being less than the entire time, led me to feel like he was going to put so it. So, wait, on Kobayashi me. or, or uh, Kaizo Sose? That's Sose. Same thing. Yeah. Same, same. I know. Uh, but. Because let's Kobayashi him, doesn't exist. Let's call him. I know. Let's call. <laughs> let's call him uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Um, in that regard, I think there was a, a vengeance yes. um, upon um, a power play. Let me show you how smart I am. Um, well, there's an amazing scene of vengeance in that film, which is a fake memory. Yeah, but totally. When he goes to kill the killers of his family, yes, it's one of the greatest scenes in cinema history. Do you see what I mean? I so do. That's vengeance. I know exactly. And, what you and mean. lastly, yeah. I'm going to go deep it. cut, uh, which is one of the best. I don't want to call it horror. It is disturbing as balls. And this is what I would say is vengeance upon men. Um, is a, a movie called The Audition. Ooh. Um, which feels like a, an indictment on men and their ability to objectify women and the power that women have to then turn that objectification onto men. And it was one of the most um, frightening. Um, it fucked me to my core. But if you guys haven't seen the audition. Which is also Takeshi Meek. Yeah. I, I have a theme. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the most disturbing movies I've ever seen uh, for a number of different reasons. But the allegory behind it is you're not in control. I'm in control. And it's watching the descent of a successful man be put into a box, literally, literally. Um, <laughs> by a woman simply because he desires her. And it's the, it feels like it's the indictment and the vengeance of women upon what a powerful man is and it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful movie it's also held afloat by an amazing performance well two amazing performances two. but she is i don't even can't even express what she is believable i can't express that what role. that movie is also that movie will fuck you up it will fuck you up for a minute yeah if you want to get fucked up for a minute you think you think you know What's yeah. cracking? Go watch the audition and tell me how much you want to talk shit on TikTok yeah. and Facebook. I think the only American parallel I can come up to that film is probably Hard Candy, which is a- another. Can we honorable mention Hard Candy? Yes. Which are yes. you kidding me? Yeah. 
Ellen these are Page. like esoteric vengeance movies of like. But it is still vengeance. Of course it is. But Ellen Page and, and Patrick. Uh, Patrick Wilson. Wilson. Woo. Dude, that might have been, hey, no bullshit, Ellen Page fans. Or as he's as he's now called, I forget his Elliot Page. Oh, as he's yeah. transitioned. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't but, know that. But formally was Ellen Page. I'm not trying to dead name or anything. That no, was, no, of that's what's not. on the film credit. No, but that's um, who we watched. But Hard Candy might be one of the best female revenge Whoa. films ever made. And I forgot about that, and I'm so glad you brought that up. That is well, a banger. But let's be honest, like Hard con- Hard Candy does not happen without Takeshi me doing audition. No. I don't think. No, or like, Ichi. That that set the fucking tone. Oh boy. For the that style of filmmaking boy. of just strong women my taking guy. some shit out my of guy. some boys, dude. Well, and it's not and just boys, it's boys of privilege. It's bad boys. It's not like they're picking up normal dudes on the side well, of the street from the grocery and store. And in a grander scope, it's just male bravado, male yeah. testosterone driven fucking I'm the man and you're the woman. Patriarchy. Watch the audition, patriarchy. Watch it, yeah, but, but done I, I don't, in a not clunky way. No, it's not done in a silly way. There's nothing clunky about those this films. Is, this is good filmmaking, and I'm not trying to dose fucking you know my own gender. I'm just saying these oh. are well made films done correctly, and it gives you pause, sir. Yeah. Uh, go watch audition. Go watch Ichi. There's a go reason. watch Hard Candy. Yeah. Um, I'm a handful, but no one's ever come after me with piano wire. Yet. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, last but not least, real quick, your take on Moon Knight, two minutes. Ooh. Um, okay. Uh, it's it's a Marvel property that's never been done before. Um, I think we were all expecting a Batman cycle to come out of this because Moon Knight being sort of the Marvel answer to Batman in the early days. But better, Sean. Um, yeah. Uh, this has actually turned into a very interesting psychodrama that I find a little bit compelling. Oscar Isaac is fucking incredible in it. He's playing like multiple roles, multiple, multiple roles. I mean, not like orphan black multiple roles, but like he's playing a couple of different characters that are super fucking compelling, and he does both of them equally as well. Um, He's doing something that I didn't expect from a Marvel property, and the show is doing something that I didn't expect from a Marvel property at all. Um, The inclusion of the Egyptian gods into this storyline is opening up a realm in the Marvel universe that we've never seen before. It's completely different from the Norse mythology of Thor. It's completely different from the mysticism of Dr. Strange. Um, it's, I love the fact that they're being Feige is doing something very courageous. They have a formula. They could stick to it and they will make billions and billions and billions of dollars <laughs> doing fucking Moon Knight. I find very courageous because this is not a property they've done before. They've never done anything like this before. Agreed. It's an origin story we've never seen even remotely like anything else. That's I, what I love about it. I agree. The action's fine. The fucking characters are fine. 
the special effects are the special effects are fine. I like the origin of it. I like what they're doing with the character. This is why Bobby and I have a podcast together. <laughs> um, you don't need to like this from a and it, it, obviously I'm on I'm on tape multiple times saying I like superheroes doing superhero shit. I just changed my mind. Um, the performance, the 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 structure that they wrote this character in, the the complete chaos of uh, his personality, and this is the most contextualized character I've ever seen in Marvel. Yeah, the most. You can take Captain America. You can take fucking all of them. Um, I have never seen. Marvel commit this much backstory and nuance to any of their characters, any of them. They're taking, they have a six episode run. They've taken four of them to just deal with psyche, backstory, and placement. This, we haven't even gotten into who Moon Knight is. We barely touch the surface of Moon Knight as a superhero, as a person. To watch Oscar Isaac work his magic. And by the way, wow, fuck you, dude. And I know it's a superhero movie or a series and blah, blah, blah. But you can also go back and watch fucking Lewin. You can also go back and watch what this guy can really do as an actor. Um, he's bringing that level of performance to this. Yep, It's amazing to watch. Betwixt that is the fucking... Uh, Egyptian boat through the sand. There's enough eye candy here to keep you involved, but the contextualized character development of this character is unparalleled in Marvel. I would even say the strange series, which I would have probably said was the next, like that would have been the most contextualized because they spent so much time on it. They're doing this for a reason. This is going to be a big deal. They're leaning on him for his acting talent. And very little action has taken place. But it's beautiful. It's fun to watch. This cerebral. Um, this is the best, most complete, most thoughtful development of a character I've ever seen in Marvel. Yeah, I mean, it's usually a 15-minute, this is how it happens. Origin happened. story. No, this is actually like developing a character over Dude, an entire this series. Three hours of origin. Of origin. And it feels good. Yeah. It feels right. It's, a lot of actors would have not been able to carry this off. I, I give me give me some actors that might have. Because I guarantee you it's oh, gonna be a James Franco. No. Tommy Wiseau. He's horrible. Tommy Wiseau. Uh, no, I mean there's not a lot of people that exist on that level. Um, the initial uh, rumors going around Moon Knight was that it was going to be Keanu, Keanu. And you know what? He couldn't. Not like Oscar he, did it. I, we love Keanu We Reeves. love Keanu. We love Keanu. We love so him. much. So much. But he could not pull off this performance. No, man. In this is years. special. This is different from Marvel, too. It's really they cool, man. stepping to us with it's different It's super fun. Shit. But that the character dive, the development, the interior work, um, what they're doing from a story standpoint, there's been they have not spent this much time developing a character. 
I like the fact Ever. that it's, it's literally challenging a couple of times to watch because you're like, it's defying your expectations of what a Marvel property would be. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. Like, I've actually turned off Moon Knight and I'm like, I'm just going to watch Freaks and Geeks because... <laughs> Like, this is hard. You're so Bobby. You know what I mean? Because I'm like late night and I'm just watching no, something it. and I don't, I and, and then I re, and then I turn it back on the next day and I'm like, like, Jesus Christ. Fuck. So good, man. So good, man. Like, it's so fucking that was the well thing. written and it's so well directed and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful fucking show. Yeah. And that was the thing. And I know it's a Marvel property, so shit on it as you will. Um, Marty. This is different. It is. Um, it, they, it is. They're doing something different with this character, and I know they have high hopes. I just want to see a Moon Knight Deadpool fucking team up. Well, and I may foam my shorts. To be a total Marvel nerd, what we are all <laughs> truly hoping for is some sort of Defenders. That's what's going to happen. Reenaction. They're doing it. Of like, let's bring in Doctor Strange. Yep. Um, it's happening. Bring in the Hulk. Street they, level. I mean, already the, they've already set up the fucking basis. They for have. Defenders. Yeah. I mean, God willing, we're eventually going to get the submariner. We're going to get Namor, Prince Namor. Who would you? Of who would you cast as Prince Namor? <laughs> Keanu Reeves. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I would have to think long and hard about Angelina that. Jolie. I would have to think long and hard about who would play Prince Namor. I know. I'm just in my kidding. Fucking I'm just kidding. Dream scenario. But, I don't know. That would be. But Moon Knight. Right? But Moon Knight. Is there amazing. a more beloved obscure character in Marvel history than Prince Namor? I would have said Moon Knight because he's the ultimate. I would have said Moon Knight. I know. It would be really cool Which to see the these one. characters together. I think the kid that got busted in Hawaii for beating up people yeah. is already the Flash. So he can't play him because he looks like him. Well, it's actually, DC. Nobody gives Ezra a Ezra Klein or whatever his name is. Nobody likes um, DC. Nobody likes DC. Ezra Miller. I just learned that what this week. Pretty, I don't Ezra, know what who's Ezra Klein? That's like a producer or I something. Don't yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's a fashionista. Yeah. He I has an know. indie band. That being said... We're going to play one song for you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to get out of here and leave you to your lives. And we will be here next week. Not like we're going away right away. I'm just no. saying. Um, we did a young lady named Sampa the Great. We already did a song from this wonderful artist. And she is paired up with another artist. If you didn't know, we like... Because <laughs> we've only did like four songs from this guy yeah. named Denzel Curry. He's we'd like to call him. Bobby said the other Denzel. The other Denzel. There's one Denzel in our lives, and you're the other one. You're the other um, guy. Just got put on KXP, which is famously one of the best radio stations in the world that breaks new artists all the time. Uh, it's one of the first times I've ever seen a hip hop artist on KXP, KEXP, and I'm, I was very excited. He is a feature on Sampa the Great song. It's called Lane. It's different. It may take you a minute to get into it. The track is fire. Um, you know, Denzel is always fire, and Sampa is just. She's almost doing like it's almost an art piece. Yes. So just uh, just buckle up and enjoy. Shit, gon' suck a pussy. You keep your click, and I keep my chin. I ain't underrated. I'm just under it.
Why all these people fake act like they know me when I chose to put my whole life on the tape? They tried to put my whole career in the box that's including my circle, I'm bit out of shape. It's something different, they told me to stop cause it wasn't straight drop, plus it didn't re-rock. Why you throw shape, product shapes, what I cop, bitch, I rock the whole nation just like ZZ Top. This is a sale, got one mission, nigga, that's to prevail. My statistics want me dead or in jail, ain't a Libra, but I'm tipping the scales. Made a lane, got you lame, nigga, salty. Sacrifice my vices, that's what it cost me. Making money with the fam and posse, smacking niggas over ice, hockey, Look at your look at your Geppetto. That is a hot track. Pulling strings, you ain't got the memo. Yeah. (laughs) I love it, man. Oh man. I love it. Goodness gracious. I love it. Uh Denzel. Damn. Mr. Curry, man. Yeah, Mr. Curry. Sorry. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to start giving him his own kind of it feels like we're we we have our we have our uh, artists we favor. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, the Whiskey Reel has its Hall of Fame artists. So, and I would say Denzel would be... Uh, he's in the top 10 of the Whiskey Reel artists. Yeah, top 10's good. Like, there's definitely our Mount Rushmore. The Mount Rushmore, you can't fuck with the Mount Aesop, Rushmore. Primo. Aesop, Primo. Uh, RTJ. Obviously. I don't know who's on the rest of that. Uh, 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 Who? Who's the, who's the fourth on that Mount Rushmore? I got, I'd think about it because we've done... That chick you like? Good Lord. Oh, no. <laughs> Slater Kinney. <laughs> Slater Kinney's on the back. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, let's be uh, honest. The B-Boys. We did it last week. Yeah, man. Fuck off. B-Boys. We t- devoted a whole fucking episode to that that probably none of you will listen to, but it's fine. Actually, we're getting pretty good listens on All that right. episode. Well, suck it, nerd. Yeah. Um, uh I titled it, which I know you don't know because you don't actually listen to our podcast. No, I do. I did. It's we verbally fillet. We verbally fillet the beast. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> which we did. I gorged it was a, for daddy. It was a big metaphorical blowjob. I put the Beastie Boys inside of my mouth and Mike D and pleasured them. Yeah. Finished. He didn't finish in my mouth. <laughs> he finished on my back, metaphorically, like a gentleman. Metaphorically, like a gentleman. Um. This you got a little. Uh, we got a clutch. Yeah, it's we been got too a clutch. long, man. We haven't been clutching. I know, man. I know. What do you think? What's been What's been crawling up your butthole? Nothing's been crawling up my butthole, man. Um, I. You want to talk about body hair up versus bottom, or no, sir? <laughs> oh, I like having sex with women. I'm gonna <laughs> shut my mouth. Good boy. I... <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you got anything? Uh, yeah, I got some. I can re-edit this. No, I just, no, 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 no. I, I, off the top of my head, man, like... Are you just doing good? I'm... Because doing- usually the clutch your... Okay, guys. Inside scoop. Clutch your pearls are things that are kind of pulling at our fucking strings. That we're just kind of thinking about all the time and we can't say it. I would and describe it as this- a heartfelt... Airing of grievances. Right, but you have to have grievances. But at the moment, I don't really have any grievances. Like Maybe that's your clutch. Things in my life are going well. Maybe um, that's your clutch. Enjoy the fact that you don't have grievances, motherfucker. I will say this. There is always going to be stress. And I get to points in my life where I'm like, money's actually coming in. 
my business is doing okay. Things are great. Um, I, I love the fact that I'm living with my son. It's amazing. That's great. I love the fact that I do have a modicum of beautiful women in my life that are willing to spend time with me at times. <laughs> things are going well. It was so arbitrary. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but things are going well. I guess I have like a bitter, bigger beef with like what's going on in our world. Um, and we don't talk about this a lot because, but we try, I'm, but nobody likes it. I'm guessing that people in other communities are dealing with what we are dealing with, which is just like it is so hard to find solace in our world right now by way of a place to live, a place to feel at peace. Um, when all of a sudden your two bedroom apartment costs you $3,000 a month out of nowhere, like that becomes stressful. Hmm. It's not about the money. The money sucks, but we can always go out and make more money, right? But that's just one more layer, one more layer of fucking stress that gets piled on your back. And all you're trying to do is like provide a home for you and your 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 lovely son and it just becomes overwhelming sometimes um because we're just living in a completely different world than we were two years ago and i never would have thought this is a political statement i never would have thought that going through a pandemic would make housing costs go through the roof one would think the opposite the opposite (laughs) yeah that actually people would be like no, fucking like we need to make sure everybody has a place to live and everyone's safe and has a place to live, not only live, but work because so many people now work from home. Um, but it's become really hard. It's become really difficult. And that's not the point of my statement. The point of my statement is the stress that comes along with that. It's like all of a sudden things in my life have become easier to deal with, but all of a sudden I have to find a new place to live in the next couple of months. Mm. And it is a bitch. Like it, Mm. it almost physically hurts to go look at these shithole places. And they're like, it's 2,800 a month. Right. I need first and last. I I need a deposit. It's 800 square feet. Um, Can I (laughs) run your credit? Right. Can I, you know what I mean? And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, like, why are we making it so hard just to live where we're at? Which, by the way, probably bleeds into your shit because this is why you can't find people to fucking work your line. Yeah, man. Um, (laughs) We we live in a place that's wonderful to live. Um, It's not hard to find um, empty vacancies in Detroit. It's not hard to find empty vacancies at, in Tulsa, um, it's hard to find open vacancies in towns like ours because it's a really beautiful place to live with great people. It's hard to find a place to live on the coast um, because you're by a beach. And I don't care how bad that city is on the beach. You're on the beach, bitches. I miss it. Are you kidding me? I grew up on the beach. Um, no, de- Deciding on where you want to live is a big deal. And you have to pay the cost to be the boss to live there. Whether it's in a cute little fucking gingerbread mountain town or it's on a coast somewhere. Um, There are houses that 
we used to roll through that are, you know, it's $5 million a year or $5 million for the house and it's like 1,200 square feet. Why is that? It's literally on the sand. That's why it's that. And they could charge what they want. Um, it's going to take the, it's going to take everybody to realize to live within their means. And I know, and this is harder than ever. And I know because I see it within my daughter. I see it within her friends. It is so difficult to actually solidify who you are in the context of Instagram and TikTok and everything. These people, it's it's all phony. It's a movie. This would be like our lives being led by a movie. Like, oh, we saw this movie and now we want to live it. TikTok and Instagram are the same thing. They're not real. They're through filters. They're doing things that don't exist to make them appear as stuff. And I've got my daughter ready to go out into the world to be a woman, which she's already a little woman, doing that. And what she doesn't understand is that's not real. That's not reality. And it's interesting being a parent trying to have that conversation because you say that's not reality and you're telling them reality doesn't exist. How do you square that circle with them? Um, And this is an ongoing process. I don't know the answer to that. All I know is if we continue to be real with ourselves and with the people we love, you hope the ripples in the pond spread outward. I can't control whether or not the Kardashians do whatever they do. I don't care. I don't know that. But there's ripples in a pond. If I tell my daughter that's not real, honey, that's not what people do. Honey, that's not how people look. I'm hoping that we get to the point where she can understand that. And she can go, you're right, Papa. You're right. That's who they are. That And recognize that. And to go back to Bobby's point, about the livability of it. It all bleeds into each other. We're all making these arbitrary prices for things that don't exist. As long as everybody's willing to pay the prices, those prices will continue to increase. Inevitably, the market holds the power. If we say we're not paying that anymore, you'll be interested to see what happens at the prices. But we still are. The demand still outweighs Right. I just hope if you make that decision to do that, you're in a financially secure position to. And if you're not, I hope this wonderful country that's the richest country in the world continues to try to provide for us housing. That's the biggest problem on the board. Other than that, Primus is still open. I heard Billie Eilish just made a Nike. Air collab. I'm going to buy it for Bobby. That's what I choose to spend my money on. <laughs> Don't choke yourself. Glenolog! <laughs> Glenolog!